time I bring up my favorite movie or song, y'all call my shit corny. You act like I don't have no taste and no flavor. I'm a Luddite or some bullshit like that. What kind of particular shit is that? It's the shit I like. That's what I like. That's my type of shit. You know? Why don't you know y'all supposed to just say something nice? Showtime. Welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Film, TV, and music news, discussions, and reviews from a multicultural point of view. In addition to our Say Something Nice challenge, in which we challenge each other to say something nice about the best and worst in pop culture. Be sure to check us out at SSNpodcast.com and on all social media under the handle at SSNpodcast. Our show can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Acast, TuneIn, and wherever else great podcasts can be found. Please rate us five stars on iTunes and Stitcher so that more people can find our show. Thanks, and here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Say Something Nice podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We are recording today on Sunday, March the 24th, 2019, and we are here to review the new Jordan Peele horror film, Us. And I'm here today with Ken. Hello there. Ali. Hello. Coffee Light Sweet. Hey, got my scissors. Oh, oh, oh no. And uh, Hot Take Filled Carolyn from the C-Dub Show. I got five on it. I'm oh. moving out the Bay Area now. I'm moving. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, before we get started, we'll actually do the box office stuff first because it is actually some significant news. Um, Us is poised to make $70 million this week, opening weekend. They got to count the Sunday dollars, which, you know, for black folks are always more because we go to the movie theater after church to see all the black stuff. I don't know about seeing this one after church. You know, Even the horror stuff? You might have to go back at, at 6 o'clock <laughs> service after you see this right. one. <laughs> oh. But... Um, at $70.2 million, Us is the, I think they said it's the highest gross for an original film since Avatar for its opening weekend. Something, nice. that, something that isn't part of an existing franchise or isn't a sequel or a spinoff. Which, that is very impressive. It's already made a profit, too, because it only cost $20 million to make. And it made 70? Yep, it made 70 million in America, 16 million more from um foreign territories. Wow. Nice. That's nice. Yep. That is very impressive. And yes, I'm sure indeed. the because you know, uh get out only cost five. I'm sure the extra 15 came from they hired ILM for the siege for the special effects in us. Okay. So maybe the people who work close to do the genie were busy with us, Ali. Maybe that's what happened. So- so I'm just I'm just saying like I feel like they're very inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> right. So um us of course stars Lupita Nyong'o, um me, um uh, <laughs> It does start y'all. We didn't even know Brandon had snuck out. That's why I had talked to him very recently cuz he's been out filming us. <laughs> Where's the Duke? Is in the movie? I swear to fucking God, he's playing me. <laughs> it, 
It's Brandon. I don't know what college Brandon went to, but I mean, he oh, went to Howard. He's just going to say he went to Howard. <laughs> For the purposes of this, I did. Uh, Shahidi Wright Joseph, Evan Alex, Elizabeth Moss, Tim Heldecker, Yaya Abdul Mateen II, Anna Diop, and Callie and Noel Sheldon. The, when the movie was coming on, they were putting out names. I was like, oh, all the, all the dark skinned black people were in this movie. It's just like a dark skinned <laughs> black people convention. <laughs> Jordan had to call Water Brothers, like, uh, y'all got any black people over there? Black we Manta and Firestar. Come over here. For giving, him, giving her a dark skinned husband and not saying, oh, she's so dark, let us get her a light skinned husband. So I'm going to applaud them. Yep. Starfire, not Firestar. Firestar is at Marvel. Starfire, I meant. But yeah. And so we're going to go around the room like we usually do. And we're going to give first our non-spoiler letter grade reviews. And we're going to talk about like the actors and everything like that. And then we're going to, you know, ring the bell and do our spoiler review. Carolyn has been chopping at the bit ever since she saw this movie. She yeah, unboxed me like, when are y'all reviewing us? <laughs> I had time between church and, and this recording to see it again because you feel like you can't even really describe it without... I, I know there's stuff I missed, so go ahead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, let me actually... I'll actually will start with Carolyn. I right, Give me your letter grade review of us and your non-spoiler, like, sort of kind of capsule review of it. My letter grade review. I am going to give us a... A minus, maybe B plus. Um, and that's only the, the creative writer in me who says that they did not do a very good job of developing the characters. And they were in such a rush to get to the horror that they didn't really, they didn't give much besides this. Spoiler. Okay, not spoiler. They, did, <laughs> they didn't give enough backstory before they got to the, the, the doppelganger showing up for us to be super invested and even really know what was going on. Hmm. So the, my, my big issues with it were plot holes. You know, I give it a little bit of credit because, I mean, plot holes in horror are not uncommon because it's horror <laughs> and they really focus more on terror. Right. But, yeah, that was my that was my great. I, I waffled between A- minus and B+. Plus, I don't want it to be in the B range, but, you right. know, plot holes really suck. Um... You wanted me to give a non-spoiler synopsis, or oh, oh, oh well, like that's 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 basically what I was looking for. Just like your okay. thoughts on the review, and if how did you feel about like the actors and everything like that? I thought the actors were great. Um, I love you know I love being in an age now where you're starting to see people from all different kind of shows and commercials and stuff, and you're just seeing them showing up. I can't remember, and I'm sure you'll tell me where I know. The um, Lupita's dad from. Uh, he's um, Black Manta in Aquaman. He is also Cadillac in The Get Down, and he's also yes. um, Zendaya's older brother in The Greatest Showman. Yeah, yeah, I know him from The Get Down. That's where I yeah. know him from. So, I mean, the acting was great. I love the little kid actors. You know, I'm always a sucker for little kid actors because it takes a lot. They ask so much of them. Mm-hmm. So, I love Especially the little in kid this. actors. Right. I love the. Um, and, and I'm probably going to talk here and also eventually write something on Medium about all the... Now we know why he wore that Jack Nicholson outfit because there was so much of The Shining in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I just... I appreciate Jordan Peele because he's such a fan of the genre. 
and he really takes a lot of his time and you can tell he did more of that in this movie than he even did in Get Out. He did a lot more intricate things here. I think in Get Out, he was more focused on doing something that people hadn't ever seen before. So. All right. And I'm also, I'm, I'm supposed to go to Santa Cruz in two weeks and I don't think I'm going. Stay out of the Hall of Mirrors. I'm not going in the Hall of Mirrors. All right. Uh, Ken. Uh, skip me. Okay. For right now, yes, please. Oh, okay. Um, Ali? Yeah. So, um, I'm going to... You said a letter grade, correct? Letter grade, and then like a yeah. little capsule review. Cool. I'm going to give this movie a 9 out of 10. I thought it was... Letter great. grade. <laughs> it's not slash oh. film cast. No offense to um, them. I'm sorry. They don't do that over there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry. I meant to say, I'm definitely going to give this movie an A. Um, this movie was really, really, really good. And um, what I will say for my capsule review is that um, I would definitely encourage people to go see it with a friend or with a group because after going, after seeing the movie, um, I thought when I had discussions with my friends about um, theories and things that you might have missed or questions, the more we, we talked about it, the more we realized that there were things embedded in the movie, uh, not not crazy outlandish things, but like stuff that we might have missed in the movie that explained why other things happened. And the more we did that, the more revelations we had. And we felt like our minds were getting blown all over again. And, and it made us want to see the movie again. And I think it's very, it's a very good thing when people talk for a long time after your movie and they want to go see it again because it it really it, by word of mouth this movie could could blow up even more and I really like that I really like the um, the actors in here uh, my my favorite was definitely Lupita I think she did a really good job um, in playing um, those roles um, let's see. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say for now. Yes. All right. Uh, coffee light sweet. Hey, um, can you hear me okay? Yes. Ken? Yes. Okay. I would give uh, the movie a solid uh, B plus, A minus. And um, I agree with Ali. Um, this was one of those experiences where as soon as the twist happened, um, everyone in the theater just was gasping and screaming at the screen and right after the credits rolled and there was so much commotion at the end of the movie that people just started having conversations on the spot. It didn't matter if you didn't know the person next to you. You were just like, wait a minute. So are you saying that that's what I thought? Really? And the person in the back would lean over like, yeah, that's what I thought too. And the person in front would look behind them like, me too. And these conversations went on for so long and I posted it on social media that the house lights came up. Like, <laughs> it was like time to go. And people were still in their seats having like clusters of conversation. And then the theater ushers are like, okay, y'all got to go. <laughs> y'all got to go. Like the same thing happened in my theater too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My same friend thing. yelled out, she said, this is not a Marvel movie. And then everybody... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It was amazing. It, it, it some, didn't make- people, some people sat there and were just stunned. And like, yeah. I, you could see people walking to him like, are you okay? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people mm-hmm. were just like, no, we need to talk about this right now. <laughs> right now. We need to break oh, this thing down right now. Yeah. And I, I went to my theater right here in Harlem. And, uh, you know, I, I love Harlem born and bred. And the theater was every stripe of person, you know, of um, seniors, kids, college students, young adults, name it. Every everybody races, everything, every no no small kids, thank goodness. But like just every kind of you know uh, a stripe of person was in there, and they were all like bonding together, trying to figure stuff out. Um, and I thought that that was just wonderful because everybody was meeting together on this, for lack of a better word, the platform of the movie, and they were connected. Pardon the pun, but they were connected like by this this one idea. And they were trying to help each other, you know, figure it out. The, the last thing I want to say is I thought, well, I'll say what the movie spoke to me as a message. It told me this is what happens when you know something is when there is a population that has been ignored. You are aware of it. You still ignore it. And you just sort of, you just sort of like push it to the back of your mind. And when that population finally pushes literally and figuratively to the surface. And the thing that that convicted me as I was leaving was homelessness because I pass homeless people just about every day, you know, on my way here and there. And sometimes I'm just like, ah, but I know that this is a problem. I know that this is something that needs to be addressed. I know that it's the right thing to do. I know that they are human beings worthy of being, you know, paid attention to. But speaking for me, sometimes I just, my mind is focused on what I need to do. So I think that that movie spoke to whatever it, whatever it convicted in you as a viewer, that was your thing. For me, it was homelessness, or for someone else, it might be something else about a community that you know needs something, but you choose to ignore it and do what you need to do. All right. Okay. Uh, Ken? Is it You might be muted. Okay, I'll go. All right, I'll give the movie... I'll say... I'll say an A. Like, I, I sort of agree with Carolyn about the development of the characters a little bit, although for a horror movie, you did get a little bit more than you usually get with the character development. And I, and that's the reason why it's an A, not an A+, because unfortunately, I've seen too many movies. I figured out both twists within the first 20 minutes. That and was a problem I had, too. The movie, the movie tried to... The movie did try to convince me that I was wrong, but I turned out to be right. <laughs> we'll discuss why the spoiler part, how I figured out the twist. Uh, and I don't know if it was intentional or not. You know, a, I mean, Jordan Peele is, makes very deliberate decisions and choices in his movies, I feel like. So I feel like, I feel like the reason what I'll give is intentional and I wasn't just lucky. But when the twist happened, I was like, of course. <laughs> um, but I mean the movie is really Brandon, good one, just one thing before that mm-hmm. like just to piggyback of what you just said there I think the trailer um, 
and you were right to not watch the trailer oh, yeah. because I feel like the trailer, the trailer spoiled the twist for me. Yeah, so I was telling y'all in here that I was not going to watch any of the trailers. Like, I think I've seen one TV spot because it played in front of a YouTube ad. But, because, like, the thing was, it's like the Marvel movies. People watch the trailers and they're trying to dissect the trailers and figure everything out and, and basically make the whole movie before they go to the movie theater. And with horror, you can't really do that. Because in a horror, with a horror trailer, they're going to show you all the best scares, or at least parts of them, out of context in the trailer to try to get you to buy a ticket. So I was like, I'm going to see the movie anyway. You don't need to sell me, sell me at least the movie. Let me just show up at the theater with my alcohol so that I can have a base in case anything happens. Um, so I'm relaxed. And let, let me see how it fares for me. And that's what I did. So, and I probably wouldn't have enjoyed it as much if I had seen the trailers, I'm sure. Because I would have, like, tried trying to figure stuff out. I, I, me just going in, I didn't know shit about. I knew it was Lupita and Winston and dark-skinned people. And I just showed up at the theater. <laughs> and I knew that they were playing dual roles just because, like, the, um, the press pictures that came out. And that's it. But, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Lupita Nyong'o... <sighs> I do not un- white people. Please put. I don't want to say please. We should be putting her in our own things. But Lupita Nyong'o needs to be like a, a actress topless on actor. topless actor on the level of like um, Jennifer. What's her name? Who can't act? Jennifer Lawrence. And can them none people. of them girls act? And then we're not going to even get into yeah. the, the African American actresses who can't act, but who are not you know dark dark skinned, et cetera, et cetera. There's a whole bunch of them. You, mm. <laughs> no, because no, I was going to say something. Ken made a comment on my Facebook like 20 minutes ago, and I was literally about to say, but mention that comment, but I'm going to hold it in because it's for a well, different One of them movie. has an Oscar. Oh, Y'all Lord. already got us in the live book in this episode. So one of them already got an Oscar. I love her. Yeah. She already got it. Right. All right. <laughs> um, and I really appreciate So Jordan Peele doesn't do too many jump scares. And I appreciate that. His his it, it's more about the creepiness of everything that's going on, like real right. like fears that can like things that could like actually happen. Like you know, there's a whole lot of like child endangerment and things, and sort of kind of like you know that happened in this movie, and just sort of kind of the fear of being in a sort of a strange place and strange things happening all around. Very strange things happening all around you. And for mm-hmm. and even though you can, you know, like for a movie that doesn't have a very large budget, it has a very large scale story and it knows when and where to place its, you know, big money uh, shots and things. But I mean, to me, what you said about him not being or, you know, not being traditional horror, I, I would say that it is traditional horror, which is why I like him. Um, which is why, you know, we're having a conversation about CGI. I personally hate CGI in horror. and But I also hate that we've gotten to the point where we have to use so much CGI because back in the day, you know, the Alfred Hitchcocks and such of the world, yeah. or even the Stanley Kubrick's and stuff of the world, that it wasn't about the gore. It was about the terror. Right. And so that's one thing that I appreciate about Jordan Peele. He's not, you, you didn't, there were actually not that many, there were, what, five deaths in this movie? There was it wasn't about the death, yes. it was strictly about terror. No, six deaths, six deaths. Because six, all okay. six of the uh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, it, yeah, you're right. Traditional like classic horror is what Jordan Peele yeah. goes for, not like the modern jump scare stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
and Ken. I largely agree with everything you guys said. I thought Us was, a, uh, you know, it was a good movie, but like some of the plot holes and the logic that you have to follow, and also the fact that, and this might be intentional that they did, like Brandon was saying, like the twist at the end, like it probably was intentional. And that's why they, it probably wasn't hidden that well. But it kind of, like, as a viewer at first viewing, it kind of, ru- like, ruined a bit of the movie for me. And like Carolyn said, the character development really wasn't there. It wasn't quite strongly. Um, but I feel like the movie succeeds on the level of a lot of its... Um, I won't, I, subliminal is not the right word, but I'm just going to use that. Uh, like, the subliminal messages that are throughout the movie and what it's trying to say about... Uh, like us as people and us as the United States, of, you know, America mm-hmm. um, and different things. And I think it kind of succeeds in saying that and delivering a certain message about things. But it also in that it's kind of like you have to be able to say, OK, maybe this was a metaphor. Maybe this is the logic he was using, blah, 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 because it doesn't always quite work. Um, I did love the fact that this family looked to me like... Um, you know, I, I'm not caught up on the dark skin, light skin thing, but I did like the fact that the like the black boy, he did he looked like your average black boy you would see around. He didn't yes. seem like a Hollywood black boy. Yes, he did. I appreciate that. Was great I casting. appreciated that. Hmm? That was great casting. It really was. Um, you know, Winston Duke, he seemed like some a middle-aged dad, even with the, you know, the dad jokes. Mm-hmm. And the thing was, he didn't come across as your stereotypical black man. In, in one of these movies. Right. Like, you know, you're saying, that's not how black people act. But no, we, we come in a myriad of colors and flavors. Um, and this I is mean, how this- I, I was technical director for Mr. Duke's part, so, you know, I helped him. You know. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is, I have another friend who, like, when I went and saw some other friends, we said that was our other friend. Um, you're not quite him. You got, some, you got some of that flavor, though. Yeah, I'm not quite. It's not quite. Like, it's like a caricature, I think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but it, it it was a little bit of you there. I can't yeah. deny that. That was Brandon. Um, he was a stunt double. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> On the boat. On the boat. <laughs> um, I thought Elizabeth Moss, of course, she did an excellent job. Yeah. Um, well, was there? It, you know, I thought the first half of the film was really strong. I thought the second half of the film wasn't quite as strong. It's the same thing uh, with Get Out, because like also, and this this is like. Oh, it's a spoiler. I can't. I can't say it now. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> the thing is, you can't. It's hard to talk about this film without feeling like you're going to spoil it. Yeah. More than, but, um, and there's always also so many theories about what us is, and I've watched a few of them. And the thing is, I will say I like us more now than I did when I left the theater. The more I think about it, the more I've pondered on different things. I like it as the allegory, but as far as the execution, there it's still a little rough. Um, but now the cinematography and the directing in this movie, oh my god, Jordan knocks it out the park. Oh yes, like the, the directing, some of the scenes, you know, the way stuff is stylized, it is excellent. It is. I, I mean, you, he's a tr- craftsman, and I and I don't know this, but he gave it gave me a very kind of Hitchcock feel as far as the approach to horror. Would you agree with that, Brandon? Absolutely. I know you know yeah, more about- yeah. Uh, Carolyn agreed too. Okay, and what and there like there are homages to different films, and I didn't. I wish I caught all the homages to different films. I would think that would be an interesting video upon up of itself, because like she said, there were homages to The Shining, and there was I, a video of that. I, I will find it and see if I can put it in the chat. But there, there was a video where they put all their homages, mm-hmm. 
you know, they talked about the Jaws homage. I'm, I won't say it all because it's non-spoiler, but yeah, I'll mm-hmm. try and find it. There was, I can't remember all of them. I was, and you know, uh, but there a lot of stuff, you, you know, to different films. You could tell, and you could tell he super stuffed this. Yeah. And he probably had a hard time editing himself down because this movie is kind of dense. It's weird that it's dense, but it can be one note a bit at the same time. It has a very it's, focused plot, but there's so many yeah. little details to that plot. Yeah. So, but my my score is a B. Okay. All right. So as as you guys have heard, it's kind of hard to talk about um, us without spoiling it. So we're going to do that now. If you have not seen us in the movie theater this weekend or whenever you listen to this in the future, this is your chance to stop the podcast. And find another another episode, <laughs> or or put the podcast on pause. Go to your local cinema, come back in an hour fifty six minutes plus trailer time, and listen to the rest. Uh, <laughs> all right, so here is the spoiler now. Okay, so the things I wanted to say: Jordan Peele loves a goddamn sci fi twist. Because mm-hmm. Get Out had the whole thing. They're switching brains. This one, we're turning rabbits into people. Because the thing was, when the, when the credits started and they showed rabbits in cages, I said, mm-hmm. are they turning rabbits into people in my head? And they're turning is rabbits that into what people. It, wait, is that what it no, was? I don't think so, Brandon. I think they what were just know. talking about Brandon. No, that's not it. No. no they were cloning. No. They were just Yeah, cloning. The- they were cloning, mm-hmm. but they were... you. I was assuming they were using the rabbits as the clo- that, like as the base for the cloning. No, uh, they no, were they no, were no, no, that's not people, it. and then no. they were the the rabbits themselves. Of course, you know because rabbits are you know what regenerate uh, produce so rapidly. They were eating. Rabbits. I know I they were know. eating rabbits. I thought it was like cannibalism. So where are they so, getting the the DNA for the people from then? So Brandon, I think what was going on, and um, I and I like this. You see, this is what I was talking about. So. Yep. I think what was what was happening is that they were using the rabbits to experiment with the cloning at first, and so when they when they were when that was successful, they moved on to actual people. That's what I think was okay. happening. Okay. All right. Yeah, now, there so are a lot of, I read an article where they were talking about there's a lot of parts of the actual experiment itself that are that are not explained. So yes. there's, no, there's no real explanation as to how they clone the people. There's no they real probably, So, Carolyn, I think this may have been part of what was left on the cutting room floor of the movie. I, no, I, I feel like he didn't explain. I, I feel like he knows. And only he knows. And he's not going to tell us because he wants us to. Okay. It'll and be that's, scarier that's if we don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fine. The mystery, like Brandon said, yeah. is what is frightening. And they, they never explain how... So we know that it's supposed to be a controlled experiment where they control the people and they find out they couldn't, but they never explained how this was supposed to be happening and they didn't explain any of it. So they did, yeah, but it is also <laughs> say that somehow they couldn't clone like the soul. So like they were two bodies, like there were two bodies, but there's only one soul. So they were like, you no, know, quote unquote, tethered, you know, right. to each other. But but was the was the was the area of control just in Santa Cruz, California, or across entire United States? I think it was. A, I think it's across. Part. Yes. It's across it's, yeah, go ahead, Carolyn. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, Carolyn. That's exactly no, okay, what I The title card talked about the subway systems across the United States. So, you know, old right. subways like in Ghostbusters, like the Underground Railroad. All that. But then yeah. I remember at the end when they have the, short, the shot of all of the, the tethered Yep. Holding hands across the, you know, the world. So. Yep. So, because I was thinking that. So, with that in mind, 
all of the, I call them the red jumpsuit people, right? All the reds across all of the country were just killing their doubles across the across the entire U.S. of A. Yep. Yeah. I think that was what I think that was happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the end of the world. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And I think only, I think there are just like how the Fun House of Mirrors was a gateway. I believe that there are other gateways all across the country. Mm-hmm. And that's probably how the people in the red jumpsuits got out of theirs and, you know, whatnot. Yep. So, yeah. And the other thing that I figured out was that Lupita, um, as um, Addie, she was her tethered. And the reason I figured out, and that's why I didn't watch that damn trailer with her. So I, oh, they got, I got five on it. When they played the song in the movie, she's like, get in rhythm. She's snapping. Yeah. She's off the rhythm. Yes, yeah. she is. Yes, I was yeah. like, wait, so, that was, wait, so that wasn't, oh, wait, that wasn't a mistake? No, no it was not I a mistake because if you pick a song that you know is going to be in the movie and you had the people dance with to the song, you will play the song and then loop the dialogue. And you know, right. with black people, that's important because you know how we are about rhythm and shit. We know the two and the four. Oh, she's, wait, all, she's, she's all like half measures. But yes. see, this is, this is I thought that was just I thought that was just a mistake. I thought that was just Lupita's no There's order no to... mistakes in horror no. pictures like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah she was, wow. You talking about the, her trying to say get on beat and she was off beat? Yes. 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 I didn't think. I thought that was just I thought that was just a mistake. No, <laughs> no that was on purpose. If, if, if no. Fred has been living as Adelaide That's for funny. 35, well, not 30, 20 years. Mm-hmm. 20 years, she ain't learned to catch the beat. Nope. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> She's barely like, learned really? to talk. Remember how she was like, it's hard for me to talk to people. We thought, oh, she's shy. Oh, oh, she's shy. <laughs> Dude, I honestly thought, I saw in the trailer, and I honestly thought that that was like a mistake. Like maybe, because remember, didn't you say every, every time you have music in a, in a in a, a a movie, you have to. It's not actually the live music from the actual. It depends on how they shoot it. it so over. there's there's three ways. There's there's two ways they can do it. One way is when you have like a club scene and there's no music actually playing. People are just dancing. That's why people are always looking at their offbeat. Or if it's like a thing where you either have the song or it's a musical where you have to play that exact song. If you have the song already, they'll play the song and record the scene and just loop all the dialogue, which is clearly what they did for this because they're they're, they're singing along to I Got Five on it. So it's clear that, you know, oh. we're going to buy the rights to this. And then she was like, she's okay, like, get on I beat. Just, and, she's, wow. and she's directly off the beat. Like, she's yeah. in that is rhythm, hilarious. but I off... Like, she's, like, she's in her oh. own rhythm, but it's off the beat of the song. Yeah. Because I picked that up. I just thought that that was a mistake. I was like, <laughs> oh, maybe she just... Maybe they just didn't do it properly. I was like, so, but, but I never even... Put a second thought to it. I thought it was an allusion to her being, uh, you know, living around white people too much and <clears throat> living no. around white. People. No. I knew something was funny because they they set up the scene to make you focus on her rhythm. Yes, like like you know, watch me, watch me get yeah. on the her, rhythm. Her, her snapping figure is literally in the middle of the frame. Like exactly. Yeah. So I'm, and I said to myself, this is too big a mistake yeah. to not be corrected. So there's something about this scene that we have to pay attention to. There's something. Wow. Wrong. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because what I, what spoiled it for me, Brandon, was when she went into the fun, the fun house of mirrors and she, she saw herself but standing with her back towards her, mm-hmm. they cut the scene and I thought, every time I've, anytime I've ever seen something that happened in a movie, it always means that there's more to this scene mm-hmm. that you're not telling me. And then I was like, okay, so... Something happened here, and more than likely, what probably happened is she switched places. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's when it. That's when it hit me. But 
kudos to, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. kudos to, like, I'm, wow, that, again, mm-hmm. now I have to tell this to my friends because we did, <laughs> we, we, like, I saw that, but I uh, needed Ali, to Ali, okay, blackness is always the key. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, trust your blackness. Trust your blackness. <laughs> but but guys, th- this is something that I was thinking about before the podcast, and I hope that I'm wrong. Okay, I think this is a plot hole, but I hope that I'm wrong. All right. Okay, here we go. Okay, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. Come on, Stephanie, you can do it. You can do it. All right. When the twist is revealed at the very end. Mm-hmm. And we find out who the real is and who the tethered is, right? Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, really? Okay, let's wind it back. Remember when Lupita got out of the car to go to the teenage girl, the teenage daughter, the red, who was hanging in the tree dying? Mm-hmm. Yes. She got out, right? And she's looking at, I'm going to call her Red Junior, right? She's looking at Red Junior dying in the tree. And I'm saying to myself, that's not your kid. No, you need to get out of Dodge. Why are you getting out of the truck to look at someone who's not your, quote, real kid? So she's looking at teenage Red. She has this sad look on her face, right? So I'm saying, oh, she's just, you know, Lupita is just, she has a heart of a mother. And she's going to Red Jr. with with the heartbreak of a mother. Like, I hate to leave you like this. Hopefully I can comfort you as you die. Let me get back in the car and, you know, rest in peace. Here's the thing that got me. When you fast forward in the movie, right, and they're driving back to the beach, okay, and there's tethered tethered son with the mask on, Uh right? And he's standing in front of the burning car, right? Right? He's standing in front of the burning car. Her, Her other son, who was in the back seat, says, it's a trap. Everybody get out. Yeah. Okay? And then the other son walks backwards. Tethered son also walks backwards. He walks into the flame, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right? Lupita sees him walking into the flame and she screams no. So we know what the twist is, but she's screaming no. And I'm thinking that's a mother's heart. She doesn't want to see any child die right in front of her. Here's my thing. And I think it's a plot hole. Some people are saying that the boy in the back seat was really the tether. He was switched out before. If that is the case, is that a plot hole that Lupita, who we know was really her tethered self? So, you know, and you know what I want to add on to that, because I had that thought until an article changed my mind about it. I had that thought after the fight where we we realized that Lupita is the the tether. Uh I thought that the son was switched out then that when they found in the in the locker was the tether. But then I was like, but that can't happen because, like you said, the tether tether son just got killed. So that actually brings me back to that line of thinking that, that so at the end when she smiled at him, somebody else said, Oh, I thought it, I thought she smiled at him because they were both tethered. And somebody no. else said to me, Oh, they smiled, he, he smiled at she smiled at him and he put his mask on because he knew that she was tethered, not because he was tethered. 
But now that you say that, Stephanie, I am on your line of thinking now as well, because I feel like it's just, it's too, he went through too much to not have an opportunity not to be switched. And then there was, I was also confused about all of the tethers had, all of the real people, we'll call them, had very antagonistic, frightening relationships with their tether. You know, Abraham and Gabe had to fight right. on the phone. You know, right. Adelaide and, and Red fought through the whole movie. Um, mm-hmm. What's the daughter's name? Um, uh, Zora. Zora, you know, was running from hers and, he, and, he, and she ended up killing some other man. The son was the only one who actually built a relationship with his tether. And was able to, yeah, and was able to control, like he controlled the tether and made him go into the flame. And right. I can't figure out why. I don't, that's so, the whole that I can't figure out. Why did they have a relationship? So, so exactly. I have to, I have to counter, I have to counter both of you all. Okay. Uh, because, so I see where you're coming from, but I think to counter that, Jordan Peele purposefully scarred up the tethered son's face and mouth. So, so that way you all, so that way the audience can see the clear difference. The tethered but, but son that, is the well, one. Yeah, well, what I was going to say is this though. Remember that Lupita is so she's a te- like so she's a tethered who came to the real world and had right. you know had kids with a real with a real guy, so her right. kids are half tethered, and uh, also uh, the real the, the real um, Addie who was in the tethered world had kids with a tethered, so their kids are half tethered. So the rules get bent a little bit uh, how their relationships are together. Sort of like, uh-huh. and also notice how when the kids are kill- doing all this murder and stuff, they're kind of a little bit not used to it, but they don't have the reactions children that young would have to committing a murder. Right. This You're is right. this is I thought, clearly because I know yeah, I noticed the daughter was kind of guttural when she was killing. Yeah. The um, the twins, one of the twins. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, twins. "Whoa, is that you know?" Because I I noticed she started she was sounding like them. Yeah. The same thing, you know, that, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I, my, my take on, my take on when she, when Lupita um, met the, the daughter that was dying in the tree and then the, the tethered son that's next to the car. I mean, when she met the one that was hanging from the tree dying, she, she said, shh, she, you know, she. Right. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's not, and that's that, not her daughter, me, but it's one of her yeah, people. I'm, no, I'm saying, I'm saying when, when she did that, I understood that not to mean, oh, it's because she's a mom. She doesn't want to see any child die. I took it to mean, oh, you understand their plight because you were once one of them. So you know the desperation in there. Oh. In, so you don't, want, you don't want to see any tether die, honestly. Right. That's, mm. that's, so then the other, so that I translated that. So then I took that with me so that when they got to the, the kid backing up into the fire, that's why she was like, no, no, I don't want it. That my my plan, you know, my plan was to get get out, and I did. I got out, I got out ages ago. But I don't want to see any, you know, just because I'm here, you know, and, and living my life, and these people just broke out just the same way I did. I don't want them to die. Right. Yeah, but she didn't have no problem with the white tether dying. That's the white people. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> But I, and, I, and also, the white people attack like attacked her directly, and so it was like, you yeah, know, kill her, be killed. Yeah, okay, exactly. So, I so, took it to mean all of her kills, all of Lupita's kills in this, mm-hmm. in this, in this, in this movie were all kills for survival. They weren't okay. I'm just gonna, I'm going on a mission to just kill all the, 
The, the, no, it was survival. Right. She ran back in the house to get the key. And she knew that there's a possibility that, oh shit, something might attack me. And that's why she attacked the the, the one twin that, that, you know, but she wasn't out here trying to do it on, you know, just to, you know? Well, he, here's another, here's another question. The, 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 the teenage daughter mm-hmm. was a runner, right? We, we were told that she was running and she just stopped running. She, she was a runner. Yeah. Someone said this in the movie then, and I was like, my head's going to explode. All right. Remember when red teenage daughter was looking at real teenage daughter in the house? And then she gave her this look like, you better start running. Like, I'm giving you a heads up to start running. And the human teenage daughter took off running. And she was running real clumsy. People were laughing in the theater like, that's how you run? Like, you run like that? Because earlier in the movie... The dad said something like, run on sand, like run on sand to improve your form or something like that. Yeah. And I thought it was weird that the human daughter had trouble running, but the tethered daughter, before she ran after the human, she was doing like runner stretching. Mm-hmm. Like she, was, she was twisting her trunk and she was like stretching her like torso. Do you think that how I say this, do you think that there was a switch with the daughters? No, no. I, I think because it's half and half, I think that the quote-unquote tethered daughter inherited that regular human trait and that the daughter who lived above in the surface world didn't inherit it. But is there, since they're connected, there was some level of crossover there, but... Uh, okay. I don't remember since the they're connected, they've been doing the same stretches and everything. Yeah, exactly. Remember, remember that they did say um, Lupita, the the one, the one in the, the Lupita in the jumpsuit, did mm-hmm. say that I I was forced to copy everything that you did above the above surface, and that's what everybody else because they showed you explicitly that everybody in the carnival above the surface was doing their own thing, and then below, directly below, you everybody who's is doing the is doing a a very Terrible version <laughs> of what's happening. A very, very, very bad, very bad copy of what's happening on the surface. Listen, so in any Yaya's walk will happen. forever be haunted in my mind. Yeah. Well, well, the thing that yeah. is so funny was Stephanie talked about, you know, her takeaway being homelessness. Mine was either homelessness or drug use because, yo, mm-hmm. when they was copying the people, it looked straight out of New Jack City. Yeah. Like they were doing it, but it was a very drug induced looking like they when they showed the people that were on the carnival ride, like reacting mm-hmm. like they were on a roller coaster, but they were standing mm-hmm. on the way. Like mm-hmm. everything that they did, it, it when they showed it, it looked like drugs. So I was like, is this a commentary? It was probably like you said, a commentary on all, you know, marginalized people. But it seemed mm-hmm. like visually it was very much homeless and drug abuse at the same time. You know what it reminded me of? Mm-hmm. Remember Attack of the Killer Pimp- Pimps from Hollywood Shuffle? Oh my God, that is so accurate. But 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 wait a minute, guys. This is how it was in the movie theater. Okay, if if the if the people down below are mirroring the people on the surface, how much room do you have to do this? Because well, you, you know, have miles and miles of tunnels and abandoned subways, um, stations, and I felt but, like that but, was a. Go ahead. But but if 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 this population of fifty people or hundred people are mirroring the amusement parks, the roller coaster, sitting down at the table having a snack, 
um, over at the arcade with the games and everybody's doing that. Who's mirroring whoever at the hospital giving birth, which is miles away in, in the city at the hospital? Like, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I have a feeling that this is only a small section, right? So if, for example, this was supposed to be some kind of, I don't know, expanded universe or whatever, they uh-huh. would show you that there's an underground version to everything. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. So that that's what I took away. I mean, does, does, is that what what did what did you all take away from that? Yes. Like, that was my takeaway too. Yeah. I, I didn't like, I didn't get it though because she said I had to cut my baby out of me and I was like where where where's the antiseptic like what there, there was, was no. everything they did <laughs> was a bootleg version of what happened yeah. so it was exactly. like she did the same exact thing that happened like there was some doppelganger of the 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 doctor who gave Lapita her C-section, giving her an un and an unsterilized C-section down in like everything. Everything. Oh, she said she did yeah. it herself. Well, Lupita said that the cesarean that she had for the second birth, she did that by herself. Yeah, by herself. Yeah, but did she mean by herself or did she mean she, she meant had to go through it by herself? By herself. She, she, seemed, she seemed very confident when she said, by myself. That, right, she, she, said, said, that she cut herself open, took the baby yeah. out, and then... She said, know. I cut myself open. I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. That, those were the plot holes... And then, okay, this is kind of gross, but sanitation. Oh yeah, like oh yeah, all that stuff. I was thinking of too. I was like, whoa, you did it by yourself. Where's the there's you know where are the tools that you need to be able to do that stuff? You are bound to the person on the service. You have no choice but to do exactly what listen, they're doing. Listen, this is listen. terrible. I feel like that was a metaphor. as a person who drives a drove lift full time in San Francisco <laughs> at five o'clock in the morning. It ain't nothing to wake up at five o'clock in the morning to see some woman on this on the side of the street shitting. So, oh my land. Good. Yeah. So I mean, wherever the wherever they was is in the underground taking a shit because that we got to We got to be you know, we got to stick to the lore. And that's mm-hmm. what it was. Yeah. Because so I'm more concerned with how did Adelaide mm-hmm. get unchained? Who like there's like how like how, they never told that. Wait, because unchained from I'm what? sorry, what, what what do you mean unchained, um, Carolyn? So, it's so purpose. Resumably, Adelaide got dro- drugged down to the underground by Red, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Red tri- tr- chains her to the bed and takes her Michael Jackson Thriller shirt, which, by the way, I was wearing a Michael Jackson Thriller shirt when I watched this. Crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> chained her to the bed and then left, presumably, walked on out. Yep, so right. So, who and how... And, and I mean, she's been living down there for twenty years, and mm-hmm. and how does she get control? Because she's not a tether. So how does she get adopted into control? Like there, there's so many technical like. Wait, you said how did she get adopted into? Well, I mean, uh, if, into- if the tether is can, does that mean now that the the control switches? And now Red yes. is up in the overground. Okay. Yeah, I, that's that's what I that's what I took from it too. I, I took to mean everybody on the surface. Once you're on the surface, once you once you cross the gate on the other side. Mm-hmm. You are now the person in control. That's what I. That's what I took from it. Also, um, uh, yeah. I mean, you can you can hand wave how she got all the the um the 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 um. Somebody the hand, came and found right? her. Like whoever, like these now missing supervisors of this, you know, t- uh, program were might have just came and found her, unhandcuffed yeah. or, her, and made or her out of get desperation. Or out of desperation, she she did some. Sh- I mean, she she did have a glove on one hand, right? For all you know, that glove was the glove of the uh, the hand that that was handcuffed, and she had to 
I don't know. Squeeze it out? Yeah, destroyed in some kind of way. I don't know. The, the point I is... I thought the hand that Michael Jackson wears the one hand the glove on. Go on. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I didn't even think I about mean, that. Yeah, it was Michael yeah. Jackson thriller, the, the, the glove. Because that was a, yeah. she was a kid, and that was the last thing, her last, like, surface memory was thriller, mm-hmm. Michael Jackson, Hands Across Hands America. Across America, yeah. And then she went away. Yeah, so so that, I mean, that desperation. And, and if you notice, too, like, I have a feeling that because the of how bare the downstairs, I'm sorry, not downstairs, but the underground area is, the idea that she, that when we see the, um, see uh, the red version of Lupita in the, um, in the, not the boathouse, but the summer house or whatever, the beach house, with a pair of handcuffs, bruh, those were the same pair of handcuffs that that, that girl used ages oh, ago. Oh, wow. She brought oh, them back. Yeah. <laughs> Because yeah. that would be poetic, right? That I have to get you, I get you to chain yourself to the table the same way you got me to handcuff myself to the bed. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Because I didn't know what that was about. She was like, I'm going to chain you. And I was like, are you going to amputate like a body part? Is that why you're chaining her to the table? But now, of course. Of yeah. Course. Oh. Everything wow. that, I feel like as if everything that Red Lupita did was in a way to to like justice because she did say when she was giving that speech that she was going to take her time. Mm-hmm. She's going to take her time to and it didn't. She didn't say exact revenge because honestly, if she said it revenge, that would give it away too much. That this is not the you know the the version of Lupita we we know of. But she said she would take her time to do whatever, mm-hmm. and it made me think mm-hmm. that everything she would do from then on would be to sort of mirror. Or to cause cause uh, cause tethered Lupita to feel the same pain that she felt when she got trapped down there. Mm-hmm. Can you know, we... another big. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Stephanie. Go ahead. But can we talk about Madame Lupita's ability? Her range was so incredible, amazing. Like, yeah. like, like, because she... people when she started when mm-hmm. the. Original surface now tethered um, version because they, they all have character names. Hold on a second, let me pull up this um, Wikipedia article. Yeah, and in the in the credits they yeah. actually credit yeah. them by their tethered. Yeah, her name there. is actually Red. So Lupita's double right. is Red. When she started speaking, people sort of giggled at first, but then she kept doing it, and you realize right. it's fucking that's creepy as shit. Because yes. the thing is, you've been she out of so long, she, she forgot how to talk. She mm-hmm. she mimicked. Uh, she said she mimicked. There's a, a vocal disorder and I forgot the name of it but there's a vocal disorder that she like researched and she learned how to do it but she could only do it so long because if it's it's very damaging yeah but she mm-hmm. couldn't do it for long but that Jordan Peele talked about how creepy it was the visitor she she would stay in character you know while they were when they were on set but how creepy it was like you didn't want to talk to her or anything because when she was red she was red wow she was amazing and even though we knew that red and Lupita were, were the same Actress, sorry about the background. The same actress, she was so good that they it really felt like two different people. And I'm like, Yes, it did. Like, Lupita, you got it. You you got it. You got it. You got it. Got it. How, Brandon, how would the Academy have you ever known the Academy to put the same actor in a category playing dual roles? Is that even possible? Is that even possible? It's definitely possible. I don't remember if anybody's ever been nominated for playing dual roles in a movie. Because the thing is, you get nominated by, like, she would be nominated, you know, of course, for, like, playing 
like like one nomination basically for playing both parts. Yeah. Um, oh, so she wouldn't be like supporting and 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 best actress. No, it would be like Lupita Nyong'o nominated for playing um, Addie and Red in Us. Because it because she she can't like because they're both lead actresses anyway, both characters. Right. Yeah. They're they're both the focal. But Ooh, is it quote legal to? I don't even know. Is it quote legal to have an actor be in a movie be nominated for best actor and also best supporting actor in in the same year? In the same year, yes. Uh, Jamie Fox got that for Collateral and um, Ray. Can you do it for the same movie? I don't know. I I feel, I, like, I, I feel like they will only give one nomination for that person. Okay. I'm just I'm just asking cuz you know. I'm, I mean, I just mm-hmm. Yep. Incre- she was incredible. She was she was incredible. And even Winston Duke, I have to say that when he was playing the nerdy father, the 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 suburban nerdy father who was kind of awkward, even though he was a big man, he was kind of awkward and and he he heard something outside of his home or the summer house or whatever. And he went out and he was like, can I help you? Hello? Yep. Can I help you? Are you lost? Can I get you something? And I'm looking, I'm like, this is so far from Umbaku, which is my biggest yeah. introduction. And I was, I was like struggling, like, oh, I don't know. I was like, come on, you got you to gotta focus. Like, he's an actor. He can do different things. But when his tethered guy came on the screen. <laughs> me, Brandon? Yeah, Thank you, Brandon. Yeah, Brandon, yeah. We've, we've been working twenty hours for two months. For two two months. Uh, yes. Yeah, when me and Brandon came on the screen and started growling and lunged, I was like, okay, okay, yeah. And that showed Winston's range as well. The funny thing is, as much as I was joking about him like acting like me, I also felt like there was a strong like I almost wanted to say Winston Duke as as Tyler Perry and not Tyler Perry, <laughs> but like. The character Brian Simmons he plays in the Medea movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I love watching Winston Duke play Gabe only because it, you know, we got a glimpse of him being humorous yeah. in Black Panther. I don't think we knew he could be consistently as funny as he because that was he, every time he said something in the in the art theater, everybody, the whole theater laughed. Yeah. Every time he talked. When he was trying to be sexy, he was trying to get some sexy time with his wife, and he was positioning himself on the bed. I was like, what is he? This is hilarious. What is she was looking at him like, not right now. No, no, no. Yeah. What? No. Okay. I went and researched. Um, the actor Lee Marvin won an Oscar in 1965 for the movie Cat Baloo for playing two parts, Kid Shaleen and Tim Strong. He won one award for playing both parts. In the same movie? In the same movie. Oh. <gasps> Now, one thing I wanted to okay, okay. opinion on is since we're talking about Lupita and you know the voice and all of that, a lot of people were talking about the voice and why she talked like that. You know, you guys talked about how at first people laughed, which is true. First they were laughing, mm-hmm. especially the little the, the teenagers, they didn't know what the fuck to do. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but then as she kept going, it was like, okay, we're supposed to get something from this. But I don't I've seen various versions. Mine is kind of different from other people. A lot of people, which I, well, I, I agree with theirs as well. Theirs is that she talked she talk like that because, you know, she used to be a, an above ground person who could talk English, but now she's been below ground for 20 years with nobody to talk to. So she hasn't used her vocal cords 
in 20 years. Got that. I mean, and yeah. plus, she's kind of gone a little bit crazy down there. Right. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I was going to say. She, if, if you notice, everybody else just gave the... Uh, uh, yeah. She was the only person yeah. that knew words. That was, another, that was another indicator to tell you that something is different about that this she was different. person. Yeah. But then thinking about Jordan Peele, I kind of thought a little bit more <laughs> below ground about this. <laughs> about this. And I, one thing that they didn't explore in the plot, which bothered the hell out of me, Adelaide was a child. Oh, and this is in 1986, and I went through this in 1984. Adelaide was a child of a bad marriage. And I don't know why nobody is talking about the, the bad marriage, allegedly. We'll say allegedly. At least they're going through a bad time. But every time you saw her parents, they were arguing, whether it was before she got lost or after they got lost. Mm-hmm. Right. Every time you saw her parents, she was arguing. So right. it's almost like she wandered away to get away from her, her bad parents. She wandered away to, quote, unquote, find herself. And she lost her voice in this bad marriage. She went down the rabbit hole and she lost that's, her voice. Yeah, that's our bad symbolism. That's, that's, I, I think you're, that's, what, that's what you should get from that. I think that's laid out exactly like that for that reason. I think you caught what he was trying to say without him having to sort of kind of come out and, you know, blatantly say it. And say it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was discussing that too with friends and... Uh, the other part of that we also, we were trying to, we kind of extrapolated from it was the fact that when the, when fake Adelaide now enters the picture, now swapped, she with, she bears witness to all of this um, in, for example, the therapist's office, mm-hmm. and I assume during daily life. Mm-hmm. And what did, and what she did, because this is, this is not, I mean, she may have, she may have gone to the surface to sort of live quote unquote, what her, her best life. And she sees this and is like, no, I don't want that. From here on out, it's, it's all, it's going to be completely different for me. I don't want anything miserable. And so she, to me, what, what, what happened earlier, older, um, when, as she got older, is all those things that she, she basically did for herself in life were to, to have a life that is completely opposite to her parents. So for example, Winston Duke as her husband is, is, I thought that was perfect because that is the exact opposite of, of her quote-unquote father right. in the flashbacks, yeah. right? She got a man that is goofy and funny and smart and, and just he's, he's completely nonviolent. And at first, it kind of threw me off that, you know, Winston Duke, how Winston Duke reacted to when they, they showed up outside the house. And I thought about it more. I was like, Actually, I could see um, fake Lupita going for a guy like this. This is exactly what she would have wanted. After she sees all this trouble and turmoil mm-hmm. uh, with her parents, I mean, she would have wanted... And then also the, um, the, the love and the care and the attention she puts into those kids. Mm-hmm. She didn't see that from the parents growing up. So she was like, I'm going to do that for them. So I thought that she's a perfect product of... of um, of something like that. She saw an issue and she was like, you know what? That's not going to be me when I get to be an adult. Right. She's a social climber. <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, Ali, you lost me. Are you talking about fake Lupita? Or so when I'm wait. saying that mm-hmm. I'm saying that when fake Lupita swapped and then she bore witness to the abusive relationship of the parents. Oh, 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 as a little girl, she grew up. Okay. Right. Got yeah. It. She decided to basically make sure that that's not going to be her when she gets to be an adult. Got so, it. So she found herself a, a husband who can, who 
you know, who's basically the opposite. And then she also paid more attention, it seems. And she, you know, she she made sure that her par- her kids knew that they were loved, they were cared for, they were provided for completely because she probably saw the neglect, you know, um, as, as, as a child. Right. But I think I know why, oh my goodness, why the the real Lupita as a little girl when she got swapped out and then the real Lupita went underground and fake Lupita, Lupita went up, up top. Can you imagine little girl, real Lupita underground seeing her parents who were tethered? That'll fuck anybody up, yeah. Because well, she, she probably, to me, they looked, cause I, was the daddy a drunk? The daddy was a drunk, right? He liked to drink. But they I don't. To, well, yeah, they seem to allude to the fact that he was drinking and smoking a lot. Yeah, and his wife was like, It felt like tethered parents were the. I don't want to say the soul because the movie says that people don't. They don't have a soul connection. But like, it's like they were the soul of the parents. Like, it seemed like he had a problem. And like, when I was watching him underground in the tethered world, it looked like that's the real him. And I don't, I don't know if if it was just me coming at it. It was that abuse thing and that that you know um, substance abuse thing. It seemed like yeah. that seemed it rung really true to both the tether to the, both the tether and the real parents. And it seemed like it probably it might have taken her a minute to catch what was going on aside from the other crazy people right. because mm-hmm. them parents looked like they was true to life to the one she had above Grant. But they were more. I, exa- it was more exaggerated. Yeah, yeah. Right. 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 because because like we already said, these are the bootleg versions. All the movements were just terrible copies of what was right. happening. Above. So if the father was, um, you know, you know, walking around, you know, kind of, you know, just, I don't know, just kind of, <laughs> he's just stumbling around. Then the one above the below ground is going to stumble around even more. Right. It's going to look worse. It's an exaggerated version, and I agree with, with Carolyn. It's, it's, it's the exaggerated version, and, and probably the, the daughter probably was freaked out at that, if you think about it, because you don't have yes. copies. All, yes. you, all you see is this. You see it's two people, it's like your, your parents. Right. And one of them who was already a drunk, um, you know, he's stumbling around even more. But the mother, I think the mother would have probably tipped her off, because the mother seemed together. Yeah. Sorry. All right. So five, Above ground. Five, five minutes um, to gather, like, final thoughts and stuff. Oh dang! Okay. Um, I'll start. I think that. Um, I think. Well, I don't think that Jordan Peele does a part two of anything. I don't think. Nope. I think he likes to leave it like open ended, so we can have discussions like this. But I am curious to see what his next project will be and what issue it's going to highlight. Because the first one was Get Out with racism, and then this one dealt with different types of class class in America. This seems like the haves and the have-nots. So the next one maybe will deal with sexism, maybe? I don't know. But I think that each each project deals with, a, you know, some sort of mindset that needs to be put on, you know, Front Street and explore. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Um, I, to, to add on to that, it's funny. Um, they always said when John Singleton did Baby Boy, he claimed that that's what the tri- that there was a trilogy in his mind. That the trilogy mm-hmm. was Boys in the Hood, Poetic Justice, and that Tupac was a, always a 
pro- projected to come back to be baby boy. That's why there were so many references to him. And I feel like, you know, I agree with Stephanie that that is some, well, they, there's been allusions to that through um, interviews with Jordan Peele that he's going to do a set of four mm-hmm. um, horrors that are going to set social issues as nightmares. So I, I look forward to seeing what he does with that. I just, I enjoy, again, I enjoy his throws to classic horror films so much. Yeah. Um, you know, when I was talking about that that article that talked about all the films that they referenced, they the only one that they picked up from from The Shining was about the two twins. To me, there were so many references to The Shining in this film. Um, so I look forward to that. I just think it's a great film. I think that you know because of Get Out, everybody is analyzing it over overly. But it's you know once we get finished analyzing it way too much, we'll be able to truly enjoy it after we've seen it three or four times. Right, I agree. I just gotta say, speaking of them twins, um, that you know, I kind of was waiting for them to die because they got on my nerves as soon as they came out the time. But your brother, <laughs> Ooh, so they got weird. they got done quickly. Yep. And right. Shout out to Elizabeth Moss with um uh, fake Siri. What's her name? Ophelia. Oh Fuck yeah. It up. And she's like, Ophelia, call the police. Play fuck the police I'm, I'm, by NWA. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was trying to figure out there was a message people in- talking about. I got five on it, but the way that he just fucked up. Fuck the police. Like, yeah. I was trying to figure out, was there a message? Like, every time they showed Ophelia against those paintings with the blood splatter, I'm like, what was the... I thought there was a hitting meaning there. Probably. I got to see it again. I'm not sure. I, I, you, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I feel like there was some meaning behind it. Because they did it, like, two or three times. Yeah, they, they, and, they, and they held the scene. They held the scene. I was like, am I supposed to see something? Am I supposed to see something? Yeah, what am I looking right. at? They definitely made a point of showing that their house was super teched out. Mm-hmm. And, how, and I think one thing I heard, they were talking about how the, the family went down so easily, why they did. Because they, they killed them quickly. Oh, yeah. Yep. And how they were, they were this rich family, probably at the top of the food chain. But how they were on top, but still miserable. Mm-hmm. The and wife hated him. She they, hated him. Yeah, Oof. they weren't any happier. But at the same time, they didn't have any fight in them because they were used to living a luxurious life. So it was easy to take them down. Mm, okay. And, and could that, yeah, could that be something that is, is you know, because um, clearly I don't think Lupita and uh, Winston Duke's character, characters, they, they, weren't, they weren't there Yet, however, clearly Winston Duke's character was envious of the yeah. of the white father because he, you know, he he made co- a couple of comments. Yeah. But it seems like as if that may have saved him in the end because it apparently the message seemed to have been from for me the higher up the food chain, the higher up in terms of the um, social status or the financial status you are, the more susceptible you are to neglecting those that do not have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that will be your downfall in the end. You get taken out faster. A whole lot faster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Clockwork Orange. That's from a Clockwork Orange and also um, uh, American Psycho. What was? But that scene was a takeoff of both of them. Clockwork Orange with the with the rich being killed by the by the poor uh, the poor gang. Oh and yeah, yeah. Uh, and then also the the um, American Psycho is the pristine house being fucked up by the murders while rock music plays in the background. Wow. Awesome. All mm-hmm. right. That has been our review of us. Carolyn, thanks so much for joining us. Where can <laughs> Thank people you find... for having me. Yes. Uh, where can people find you online? 
You can find me on <coughs> Instagram and Twitter as C-Dub the host, and you can find the C-Dub show across all social media platforms and at the thecdubshow.com. All right. As for us, you can find this show at all social media under the handle at SSN Podcast. And you can find the Say Something Nice podcast and the SSMP network with the C-Dub show across all of your podcast platforms. You can also find Audio Ace of Storytelling hosted by Coffee Light Sweet. And yes, where, sir. Yes. And where can people find you online as well other than that? You can find me online at, at Coffee Light Sweet on Twitter. Uh, Stop on by. Yes. And you can find us um, on Facebook in our Say Something Nice podcast group. Please, um, you know, get the request access. Please answer the questions. I'm not letting y'all in. If y'all don't answer the questions, if I see people in like the queue. I know like two of y'all, but you got to answer the questions. <laughs> We're big on directions here. But yes, <laughs> please join. All right. And, um, for, and so we're about to do a early review of Shazam. We'll do a, a full, a full, like a second review when it actually comes out and we'll explain why. But um, please stay tuned for that um, in your podcast feed. Thanks so much for listening. This has been the Safe Something Nice podcast. I am Brandon and I am not tethered. (laughs) I am also not tethered. All right, who else is here? We have um, our, um, we have Coffee Light and Sweet, who is... Coffee Light and Sweet, and my red jumpsuit is in the cleanest, so I got on my uh, <laughs> sweats. All right, and Carolyn? And I'm Carolyn, and I still have on my Michael Jackson Thriller shirt. So. <laughs> and Ken? I am Yaya, and, I've, and I finally remembered how to act after being an Aquaman. Goodbye, goodbye, Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right, give me. Didn't you notice that? (laughs) I thought. Like, even his body language was acting better. Well, yeah. Also, I. I The the dad. The dad. um, um, The the dad in the opening, the the drunk dad who's playing the ski ball and stuff. So in Aquaman, I think they told him you're playing a super villain, and he sort of kind of he hammed it up in Aquaman. He handed it up a lot. Oh, he didn't. He hammed it up. I feel like he just walked on set like with no script. Like they get like he had cue cards. He was mm-hmm. he, he was like, now I have Atlantean steel. Call me Black Manta. Oh, wow. <laughs> Y'all, I'm watching. I'm on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Why did? Why did somebody tweet, like, everybody during the Us title sequence, and they showed, like, this dance uh, battle sequence from White Chicks? Oh, Lord. (laughs) Did did y'all mention the score? I meant to talk about the score, because I walked away for a minute. But uh, That score was a mess. Oh, my God. I liked the score a lot. It was really good, but it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, It was creepy. That title sequence with the that trap Gregorian shit going with the Afro-Caribbean beat underneath it? Yes. And the rabbits, and the bunny rabbits. I was like... This. I can't take it. Everybody in the theater was like, what is this? This goes off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I shazammed it right there. I've been listening to it for the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. is, this, is the full soundtrack out? The album? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to definitely check that out. All right, here we go. 